Hello, everybody. This is Bart Sharp, and you are on Becoming Quantum Conscious on United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network on 107.7105.3, broadcasting out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana, and also on the UPRN website. You can catch us there, but also you can get on the cable TV system on Roku, and our programs are sailing away out on cable television, but also on YouTube, Facebook, Spreaker, and some other other platforms down the list. And um, just so happy you're tuning in because today we really have, if I was going to describe it, I'm predicting it's going to be intense. Uh, <laughs> these people, for first, we're all from Texas and we're all from like pioneer lands. Uh, and so Abilene, Weatherford, Austin, uh, so there's something very ancient right in that plus, but we're all these new age type of people that are expanding that pioneer spirit of what makes Texas so wonderful. Uh, we're not all cowboys and rednecks and, and, uh, you know, come from the heritage of John Wayne. We come from a place of invention, taking it to the edge and uh, that's a really good description of Shannon Gill and Russ von Olhausen. They are pioneers, innovators, and inventors in the fields of astrology, Buddhism, ecstatic dance, union psychology, uh, and the list goes on and on. I'm going to read a little bit of description. Uh, well, maybe I just need to welcome you to the show, guys. Welcome, uh, Shannon, Russ. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks happy to be us. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting. This has been a show that's been in the brewing. Some of them you really anticipate going, this is going to be intense. And so just to put that out there to the listeners that are popping in and out and are just staying, we appreciate it if you stay. If you got questions for these folks, please send them our way and we're, they'll be happy to answer them. Um, and uh, I'm just going to read a little bit about both of these with their bios. Uh, Shannon Gill, she's the, I'd say the pretty one, but he's kind of pretty too. Uh, oh, yeah. Shannon Gill synthesizes evolutionary astrology, Buddhistic philosophy, union psychology, sacred embodiment to create an alchemical healing experience for clients and groups. She received her degree in Buddhistic psychology, dance therapy, from Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado, has professional certifications from the Archetypal Academy, the Complete Course of Evolutionary Astrology, and recently graduated from the Lotus Energy Institute Mystery School. Shannon is a past president of the Astrological Society of Austin, and in 2005 founded the Rhythm Sanctuary Ecstatic Dance movement in Colorado. And I've just been talking about their ecstatic dance practice they do in the town of Wimberley, which is kind of a satellite town of Austin where old West meets new age. And somehow they get along in a German culture environment. Uh, it's wonderful. And uh, Russ 
von Ohlhausen is a internationally recognized research astrologer, writer, and consciousness catalyzer, a student of Buddhism, Hermetic, and Christian philosophies. Having lived briefly in Tibet, his work echoes a spiritual undertone synthesized with a longtime study of science, religions, myth, metaphysics, and most importantly, nature. Uh, and, and has a real fascination with uh, how the teachings of Jesus are applied in a new way today in an earth-based, nature-based, astrological-based, scientific, quantum-based. He's a man after my heart. Welcome to the show, you two. Thank you Thank so you much. much. Yeah. Really, really happy, happy to be happy here. Happy to be here. And on that note of us sharing our Texas roots, I have to say it's quite an amazing synchronicity that my grandfather, who is a doctor on the square in Weatherford, was your doctor at times, that you actually went to visit him. Dr. Roan. Dr. Roan. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a small world. Uh, in, in, and in Texas, nothing small, particularly the population of over 30 million. Uh, and those days is around... Four million, something like that. And one of the things that you two do is the Shift Foundation. Why don't we just start with that? There's so much to cover, so I'm just going to be quiet and tell us what the Shift Foundation is about. We are a Texas nonprofit, and pretty much the alchemy of Russell and I's union was founding of this this organization to be ambassadors of this time on the planet of this massive shift in consciousness that we find ourselves in here at this cusp between the ages, the astrological ages, and we really feel that our, our, our sacred contract together is to be sort of midwives in a way of the shift. And so we do all types of fun things. We teach, we do save us, so we do a lot of selfless service to the community. We're kind of trying to present ourselves as a nexus point in this sort of central, south central Texas region to be um, organizing the new earth paradigm in a way. So we are, are creating and cultivating community and, and trying to uh, remember these new ways of living more organismically together in harmony with each other and with the planet. Uh, we do summer camps, we, we do ceremonies. We, there's, a, there's a real foundation of celebration that we like to bring because we really feel like that is a, a, a foundational component of the shift into higher states of consciousness has to do with our frequency, our vibration. And so there's, we have a lot of fun too. Yeah, and it goes, it goes way back. Uh, this year 2005 pops up a lot between Shannon and I. And in 2005, uh, she founded the aesthetic dance movement in Boulder. Uh, I founded the uh, uh, Foundation for Spiritual Advancement, which eventually became The Shift. And we also co-founded uh, co the Astrological Society of Austin. So there was a, a big burst that year. And it's still today, we continue to bring that under our own umbrella uh, and, and utilize that same, that same uh, energy, that's those same concepts again, that, that we're, what we're working towards is the collective and individual soul spiritual advancement. So that's an underlying mission of the shift. Yeah, and, and right now we're, we're on the lips or the cusp of something almost like, if I was gonna think about what this Pluto in the Aquarian age in this time between last month and all the way to this upcoming eclipse and April the 8th is opportunity and pay attention. 
What do you think about this time? Right. You know, to be awake. That's what I hear when you say pay attention. I think this, this is this grand time of the great awakening, which is everything that is at the basis of the foundation of this shift into the age of Aquarius, where we're coming out of the dark ages and the lights are going on and we're waking up and remembering the truth of who we are, which is essentially fractals of, of God. And so hmm. it is very much like we're, we're sort of, you know, walking this razor's edge in a lot of ways. You know, we're coming out of the Pisces age, which is the age of duality, where there was this illusion of separation, right, between matter and spirit. And which is sort of typical, like it's, humanity falls asleep and wakes up over thousands of years since the beginning of time. And so there's like a state of amnesia. So this time of, of the Great Awakening, where we stand at the cusp, we're, we're waking up and everything is being revealed. Everything that we've been asleep mm. to, everything that we've been, um, that maybe has been hidden, that's been out of sight or maybe strategically kept from us in a lot of ways. And we're remembering that we're far more than what we thought. And so there's a, a simultaneous burning off, a simultaneous death happening of 2,000 years and then standing here at the dawn at this path of this new this new paradigm which we are very much the pioneers we are the way showers and there's not necessarily a map no <laughs> that's fun, <laughs> that's you, fun. You, you said a concept that i thought was really interesting fractals of hmm. jesus or christianity something fractals of that nature time. fractals in mm -hmm. time what does that mean? Fractals of God, yes. So I like to think about the, the, the creation story that we were told when we were children. And this is the way that my mind sort of understands that we all started as one consciousness. And, you know, the story we were told there was nothing, came something, there was dark, then there was light, then became masculine and feminine. And then from that duality, consciousness splits off into multiplicity experiencing itself as separate in every crevice of the universe. And so we're at this time now where consciousness is turning back towards itself, back towards center. This, the two fish of the Pisces age that were swimming in opposite directions are now turning and facing each other and recognize each other in the mirror as fractals mm. of the one. And so relationships become, from my perspective and a lot of the work that I do, the Holy Cauldron, to accelerate our ascension, our, which is essentially our waking up to our God self, to our divinity. And, and that's really, I think, what, what the grand portal is or the grand aim is that we're all being galvanized to mobilize as one consciousness and to work organismically instead of in separation. So when you think of fractals of God, think about that infinite Mandelbrot set, that there's this uh, feature of it that looks kind of like a seated Buddha and that we all are, are part of this idea, this concept of the one. And, and no matter how uh, deep you go into this uh, infinite Mandelbrot set, it's, it's a continual repeated fractal, and, and it, it just reflects the, the infinite nature of the design of God. And that's, that's where we come at this for the astrology. It's, it's the same on a scalar level, as above, so below. This is a hermetic ph philosophy, and uh, it, it, it's actually spread throughout the Bible, throughout all religions, and it, it speaks to the cycles of consciousness that go to sleep and wake up again, and we are literally in a, a state of awakening right now into uh, Christ and higher consciousness. 
It is. And uh, it just seems like right now we're being confronted with that or we're being facilitated. Um, I feel oh, like for me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just feel like in my own inner world, things are blossoming like crazy. Uh, but I just think it's a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 To the magic within. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's going to get faster and faster. So uh, part of the waking up and coming out of the, the dense consciousness is the Aquarian uh, shift. And as you move into the uh, Aquarian shift, uh, you, there's a, a wonderful hermetic book about uh, a Christ, the Aquarian Christ consciousness, the awakening process. And as you move into this space, think of yourselves opening up, firing faster and faster, the electrons spinning faster. And that is literally what happened, like a photonic shift mm-hmm. of your own energy. That is Christ consciousness. We, we will begin to glow with it. People do. You will shine with it. Uh, and, and that's what you'll recognize in other people as you begin to come together and create a, a network of conscious people. You're doing so right now on your show. People that are hearing mm-hmm. this, they, they are sparking in their consciousness and, and it is spreading all like wildfire. So it's doing its work just by continuing to, to have these conversations. It is so important to do this in, in person and also uh, to spread this kind of message that, that all of this is part of, of a new surge of awakening awareness on the planet. And, and you know, indeed. Aquarius is the storm. Sorry, yeah. Aquarius, the storm. It's the storm of awakening. And so there is turbulence. And certainly Pluto now, as you mentioned, has moved into Aquarius. That's the last of the outer planets to enter Aquarius. So that's what I always refer to when people oh, ask really? the question, are we there yet? And, you know, from my lens, it feels like absolutely we're there yet. That doesn't mean that the remnants of the old you know, hierarchical paradigm are not going to still, you know, be in this process of collapse. They're happening simultaneously. But the storm of awakening is disrupting the amnesia. And so in this time of the apocalypse, the great revealing, we're seeing everything. We're seeing, you know, the light coming on even stronger. Like you say, it's happening. It's exploding within in your cells and in your chakras and in your heart. But we're also having to witness the darkness rising and decaying on the planet. And so this, I feel like, is that razor's edge that we're mm-hmm. being asked to walk because we are basically becoming master alchemists where we don't polarize between the light and the dark. And we trust that there's actually wisdom in the darkness. There's intelligence in the darkness because of the fact that we evolve alchemically. And like the Carl Jung term I like to use is an antidromy. It's the contrasting force, that opposing force that is actually the necessary component to our awakening. How often do we wake up and say, hey, let's evolve as a humanity today? It usually comes from some kind of contrasting fear or suffering Suffering. or the food disappearing (laughs) off the shelves or whatever it is. (laughs) So on that that note about the, the razor's edge we're walking, it's literally the surface of the water we're walking. The story in the Bible of Jesus walking on the water is actually a story of the age we are now entering. It is the storm mm. where the apostles are, are, are going out and they're being tested. We are the literal apostles on the storm without Jesus in the boat, and our faith is being tested. Everyone hearing this right now, your faith is mm. going to be tested. That you have to, you have to be able to, to rise above the, the water without the emotions of, the, of this reality taking you under. This is the important, and you have to do it in the midst of a storm. 
And that's the story that we're, we're now entering into. And, and, and when you come out at, uh, uh, with, and you meet Jesus in halfway in the middle, you will find the calm. So this, this, is, this is an astrological story. I just want you to remember that. So. Oh, that's, that's a wonderful uh, description. And, you know, it brings up this concept that it, this has been popping around in my head since uh, the last couple of minutes. Uh, a quote from one of my teachers, if it's light, it's right. If it's heavy, it's a lie. And so it may be in this age, if you're doing things and it's easy, it's exciting, and you're expanding or you're getting more energy when you're doing it, it may be a good clue to you that this is a direction that you should take, that a lot of these lessons are easy. And at the same time, when we are confronted by heavy density, we, we really need to be, or, or things that keep sabotaging our life, for example. And we're wondering, well, what that's about. And that's exactly what we should be doing is asking those questions. And both of them are avoiding polarity. It's just following the message that the world seems to be guiding to us or something internally is guiding to us. Uh, because that's the beauty of astrology is that some internal system is being uh, influenced by the whole universe. And that's a wonderful relationship. We, we, we don't even say really influence it much anymore. It's just a correspondence. Really? And once you understand how the planets and the particles and uh, the quantum uh, realities all align, you just realize they all correspond. And we're entering a time of alignment, again, literally a conscious alignment, uh, where there, everything that was once diffused will now realign uh, the dimensions will will begin to shift and merge. You see it happening now. I don't know if you talk about some of these crazy realities we see happening, but you know, aliens appearing in the mall was on the news recently. You know, so dimensions are shifting. You know, literally. <laughs> yes. Aquarian. Aquarian yeah. is is radical. Expect anything. And, yes. Expect the unexpected. It's beyond 3D. And Pluto is the planet that is about transformation, is about alchemy. And so there's going to be a real transformation of our reality, of our consciousness, of our entire humanity. So we're, we're definitely mm. in, for, in for a ride. <laughs> the, the devil may it, it, have a lot of tricks up his sleeve. You never know. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, everybody defines their life by, you know, whether they have good or bad things, as opposed to, well, we always have things that confront us that we could call bad, but when we stay in touch with that wholeness, I think that's what this new age is really trying to get to us. Uh, a lot of people that are in that polarity of the Piscean, a lot in the duality, they're being, they seem to be being confronted pretty darn abruptly and they're not taking it in a easy way. Yeah, it seems. I like to, to understand the challenges that you've mentioned in our lives is that really we evolve just like nature. And so it's not summer all year, right? We have winter, we have fall mm. and everything starts to die. And as an evolutionary astrologer, my work is about the evolution of the soul. So both the personal and the collective soul. And so a lot of the clients... Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. 
Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. that I work with are going through those, those periods of, of soul death or soul decay, you know, going into the underworld, the hero's journey, the shadow realm. And so I really try to uh, recontextualize those challenging aspects as, again, part of the necessary anantodromia to the awakening. And so we're sloughing off. We know the spiritual awakening process is about the death of the ego or the transformation of the ego. So when we go through those those challenging parts in our life, even though it's extremely painful, most times, whenever we look back, we realize, I would not be where I am today if I had not gone through that very challenging threshold, or I might call it an initiation, into um, into this, the soul realm. Because, you know, like the famous Rumi quote, the wound is where the light comes in. And when we're waking mm-hmm. out of a collective amnesia, those shocks of awakening, whether it comes in the form of a loss or a breakup, or some kind of um, distortion or complex within, they're actually that, again, an antidromia that's like that compost for the the true transmutation, the true alchemy to happen, you know, for the the coal to turn to diamonds. So I really try to um, hold space for that, you know, underworld experience for people that there's something that's happening that's very important. On a on a collective level, what we see happening uh, is the same. It's exactly the same. And I want to relate a quick story. Shannon and I were at the border convoy over uh, last week. I guess it was about a week ago. Um, and to see what consciousness is doing right now, it takes struggle to bring people together. People are fired up for, for Christ again. People feel the need for God again. Uh, they're, they're, they realize that they've let things go too far in this state, particularly. We are the ones that are, the consciousness is raising. And I was like, I know it takes this level of suffering, but look at what's happening. It was like we were at a spiritual revival. Ted Nugent flew in on a helicopter and, and did the Star Spangled Banner last week. We were living the, the times. I had to go see this. Sarah Palin came in and gave a, a rousing speech to us from Alaska. It was amazing. So that's what's happening. We're living it right now. And it, it, but it took this, like, people had to get up out of their comfortable chairs and do this right now. So this, it's mm-hmm. happening on the inside and outside. And I, I, as Texans, we're, get, we're fired up about this, too. It's like freedom, you know, we're about that. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I think in this age, we're, we're finally letting go of a lot of the uh, things that the, the religions have taught us to be afraid of, Jesus afraid of going to hell and therefore we shouldn't question it and more importantly should not create our own individual interpretation and now in this age that is rightfully being 
invented uh, everywhere I go. People are finding their own understanding about all of this, which is just the part of the awakening, which is so beautiful, right? Because it was in the Pisces age, it was a very hierarchical model with just a few that held the power over the rest. And now with Pluto in Aquarius, it's transformation of power to the people. The people are waking up and recognizing their own power and their own choice and their own sovereignty, which is the polarity point of Aquarius, by the way. So Aquarius is like the organism, you know, all of us as a human family. The the opposite sign from Aquarius is Leo. So in mm-hmm. astrology, it's, it's, it's more optimal to consider it as six axis of polarity as opposed to 12 signs in the zodiac. There are two signs mm-hmm. to, to the same coin. So Leo is the sign that rules, is ruled by the sun. And the sun is our individual spark, our individual gift to life. What makes us special? What is our creative offering to the world? And when everybody is giving their gift, then that's what creates the organismic flow in the the reconstruction of of all of the systems of humanity and so this is where you know i think there's just a lot of pushback around being the part of this matrix level of reality or you know just punching the clock and 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 working towards for the system that is just leeching our life force and so there's 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 this other way that i think is coming into the collective consciousness where we can create ease and flow and balance for ourselves and for the planet Indeed, and 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 I'd I'd just probably like to add that what you're saying is it's not for everybody. Some people love to punch the clock, and that is their own interpretation. Uh, that that's exactly where they feel like they fit in, is is that type of person. But there are other parts of people out there that they're exactly opposite of that, and they are stepping up into this consciousness. Once that push the envelope and expand it. It's uh, like I would say our time. Go ahead. Well, just to also clarify that as long as you're enjoying what you're doing when you're punching the, punching the clock, there's nothing wrong with punching the clock, you know, as is. It's just a matter of doing it, being aligned with something that brings you joy, I guess, is, is really what Leo is saying. What lights you up? That's what so, we're all striving so for. My theme yeah. for the year was actually my theme for the year was actually punch it. And so if you want to punch the <laughs> clock, I'm fine with that. So I feel like punching is like a start. You punch it, and you Star Trek when you go into warp speed, you know, uh, you're punching it. So if you want to punch the clock, I I put it in more hours right now. I, I don't work for anyone. We do the shift as our mission every day. I probably put in, I probably punch in 18 hours a day on the computer, and I feel like I am punching the clock somehow. Uh, but I feel like I'm doing it in the most creative way uh, as an instrument of, of some sort of divine nonsense going on on the planet. But I feel like it's, it's making its way into consciousness with a good message. So I feel like yes. punching the clock is good for everyone on some level. Yes, yes. And you're finding what I like to call just your heart's desire. And, yeah. and, there's, and when you're connected with your heart, you're connected with something more infinite. And you're pulling from infinite source, your heart's consciousness. Uh, I do need to interrupt and tell everybody that this is Becoming Quantum Conscious. My name is Bart Sharp, and you are on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 107.7 and 105.3 out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Of course, 
You are with the Con Texas Convention here, uh, speaking out on Roku, Tex uh, Texas uh, radio stations. No, that did not sound right. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, and UPRN website. And today we have uh, Shannon Gill and uh, Russ von Olhausen, and they are the... Uh, they have so many projects going on, uh, uh, and I just want to bring these up. You can find these people at shannongill.com and Russ Von Olhausen. That is O-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N, I believe, uh, .com. But also, you can find them at the astrumacademy.org. That's A-S-T-R-U-M. And... Um, Actually... A-S-T-R-A-M. A-S-T-R-A-M. Okay, yes, I, uh, thank you. And um, one of the events that you're, you're really uh, building uh, that I just love and I wish I could come, I'll be in France at this time, not in Texas, it's called Total Eclipse of the Heart Symposium and Revival, which is, of course, during the eclipse on April 8th. And around that time, you want to share about what that's what's going to be going down on that uh, symposium and revival. Absolutely, yeah. We wish you could be here with us. So this is historic because we are sitting right here in the hundred percent path of totality, right here deep in the heart of Texas, hence the name. And so we're hosting a four-day revival symposium and it is going to be well I, I guess maybe i'd like to share a little bit about the significance of eclipses from my perspective uh, mm -hmm. it's it's interesting because what we understand is that ancients actually used to fear eclipses and that was because of the magnitude of the events that would often occur and so what is the uh, essential nature of an eclipse and as an evolutionary astrologer Eclipses are the main events. They're the main turning points, which happen twice a year, every six months. They usually come in pairs. Sometimes there's three. And it's basically a portal of time where whatever energy is present is magnified and then accelerated and shot through into the collective. And so, and it's non-dual. So good, bad, or ugly, whatever's going on or something that's been in the field or something that's been germinating can then just be accelerated into, into consciousness. And so, for example, the previous eclipse cycle in October, November, we had the Israel attack, right? So that was something very significant. And the axis that the eclipses are falling in is Aries Libra, which is the axis of war and peace. And mm. so when we found out that we were literally right here in the heart of the 100 percent path of totality for this eclipse coming we realized this is an opportunity it felt like it really wasn't a choice it was more like a service now, now of, uh, just a second when you saw the path of totality that means that the eclipse will be seen in this area is that right 100 percent. so uh okay through the central part of the the path right where we are we're going to get four minutes of total darkness which uh, that won't happen again for 20 years uh, in North America. So uh, the last chance 
come to Texas. We have over half a million people coming to this region, and of course, it extends all the way up through North Texas. But uh, you know, Central Texas and the uh, hill hill country region is a hotbed for a lot of this going on. There's expected uh, close to two million people possibly. So okay, so sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I thought it's important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the, the solar eclipse is in the sign of Aries, and Aries is the archetype of the warrior. And not only is the solar eclipse in Aries, but there's six bodies in Aries, six planets, or, or there's Chiron, exactly conjunct, and then there's several planets. That's a huge conjunction, or um, stellium is what the, we would call it in astrology, of planets in this one sign, which is Aries, which is the sign of birth. It's also the sign of the warrior, which is why we're saying calling all spiritual warriors. And we plan to hold this as a ceremonial container with a lot of very clear intention around working on a frequency level to bring in joy and peace and love and cohesion to counterbalance the intensity and the destructive forces that are also rising on the planet and so we have a tibetan monk coming that's going to be doing live tonka painting and a sand mandala ritual uh, yeah, lama tashi norbu from the netherlands mm -hmm. yeah. he wow. founded the first contemporary uh tibetan museum of art so we're extremely blessed that he's showing up to help hold this basically we see it as a collective prayer for mm. the, you know to tip the scales because again it's that sort of fine line we're walking right now uh, between yeah. uh, the death and the birth and so this is really just going to be a joyful revival four day um, experience where that will climax on the Monday of the actual eclipse, which will be a full day of ceremony where we'll just be really amplifying all of these beautiful energies. So is there anything that you would hope would change in your own personal life or what you see in humanity changing? Because we're also, I guess, the Pluto, I'm not an, uh, an astro astrological expert, but the Pluto time will be transitioning out and all the planets will have gone through their relationship with Aquarius. And then it just brings up this question, uh, uh, what's next? Great question. What's after um, that? Well, I, I see this as a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> <We're really laughs> that we're cusping between the ages, and the ages are over two thousand years long. So this birth canal that we find ourselves mm -hmm. in could be fifty mm. or a hundred years, but it does feel like it's climaxing. We've been sort of having false labor, and so in response to your question about personal transformation, absolutely, the eclipses are when we get to take these quantum leaps in our own evolution. Or if someone's walking the tightrope between light and dark, they may slip off into some, you know, dense density as well. Uh, the Aries Libra axis is also the axis of relationships. And so Libra being relationship and it's all about love and union and we and peace. And then Aries being about independence and sovereignty. So we're also on a personal level dancing in that realm of the relationship dynamics in our life you know, uh, which is, which is a big, which is a big part of, of the awakening in yeah. the work. Could you give anybody advice and how they should be preparing for this? Cause this eclipse seems to be more important than a lot of other eclipse. Uh, to me, it feels like the most important one I will be approaching, uh, that I, I've ever been aware of just feels, I feel that in my gut mm -hmm. and I know how I'm preparing. 
but how would you advise people to prepare and um, how would they encounter this during the April period? I feel very strongly that everybody on the planet was born to be here at this time, mm -hmm. at this very incredible moment that's almost inconceivable to understand the magnitude because we, you know, if we look back, not a hundred generations of our ancestors stood at this cusp where we are truly the pioneers of birthing this new paradigm, this new consciousness on the planet, and it's uncharted territory. So Aries, being the warrior and the pioneer, and like Russell said, his theme of the year is punch it. It's all about the activation force. It's all about being in motion. It's all about initiation, initiating your particular part of the puzzle. So the shadow... We look at the, the, the opposing sign of the axis where the eclipses fall to know where the collective shadow is, and that would be Libra. The collective shadow of Libra is complacency or wanting things to just stay the same and not wanting the change. It's uncomfortable. I don't know, you know, insecurity about this or that. And truly it feels like we're like at the gate here. And it's going to take us all initiating being a warrior in our own life. And that looks different for everyone. And that's the beautiful part. There's not one equation that, that fits all, but it's about, you know, taking on that project or healing that, that dynamic in your life or owning your I amness. Aries is the I am. Mm. So it's personal. It's about what is our relationship to the light, to the source, outside of our role within all, our, all of our other dynamics where we serve. And when you brought up this concept earlier, the fractals of God, what I would apply to that is that there's a million different paths and what an individual needs to find is their own heart's desire and that will lead them into their own fractal to realize something greater of who they are. Beautiful and, put, absolutely. Uh, so this is what's facing us. You know, as we mentioned before, uh, when we were talking before the show, you were telling me this most innovative way of doing ecstatic dance. And for those who do not know ecstatic dance, I'm gonna explain it a little bit. And then I want you to tell how you do ecstatic dance in your group in Wimberley, Texas and uh, such. But ecstatic dance has been around for 20, maybe 25 years, founded by or invented by a woman named Gabriel Roth. And she'd invented the five rhythms or they're basically different tempos or types of music, one slow, one a little faster, lyrical, and you would, and then other stages of going from a slow to a fast to a calm down. But it was about an emotional journey that people danced their emotional journey in a community or by themselves for this inner exploration. I've been doing this for 20 years and I was totally intrigued to how you guys did it because it seemed more spot on than any approach I've seen or heard of. So with that said, would you like to share y'all's ecstatic dance practice? Sure, love to. And I love that we share this as well, aside from our Weatherford connection, that you're, you're a dancer because mm -hmm. I... 
I got a message 20-something years ago. It was around 2004, sort of like a download, that dance was going to be something that was going to be very important on the planet, that it was almost like um, dance was a, an integral component to the, the Great Awakening, which 20 years ago, I wasn't 100% clear of what was coming. I mean, I, I had a sense. Um, and it, and it was actually inspired after watching the second Matrix movie, and there was that underground sort of apocalyptic scene, and they were sort of like, this is it. This is all we have right now. Is, and, and it literally sparked something in me that I realized later was also a memory. And so I feel like I have past life experiences of doing sacred dance in the temples, you know, in the tribal scenarios. You know, at one point, dance was a part of everyone's world. It was part of the community healing rituals that, that were, were commonplace. And ecstatic dance is actually just basically an offshoot of, of all of that. This is ancient. So, so what I created back in 2005 and six in Boulder was, was sort of a resurrec resurrection of the ancient tribal dance. And we actually would create a temple space and we would have altars one to the divine masculine and one to the divine feminine, that at the end, at the candle dance, we would merge them. So this was a long time ago, even before we were you know, at this cusp between the ages, really. And, and then that's a lot of the Aquarian paradigm is this, what we call the divine androgyne, this sort of synthesis of, of unification of duality. And I had my own personal healing and initiation very much through music and dance. And so there was something instinctually guiding me that I just knew that I was needing to share. And it, it really, what I understand now, after, you know, been doing this practice for so long, what was happening was it was activating my Kundalini, which is the, you know, the chakra system within, the energy system within, which is what we now know as the rainbow bridge. You know, that was always this concept of, oh, we're gonna be entering this new age and there's gonna be this rainbow bridge. And it all felt very sort of fairy tale. And what we understand now is that it's actually, it's an internal personal experience activation of our inner circuitry. And so through the dance, which is really about, you know, utilizing ourselves as a conduit, we, we are barefoot. We have certain guidelines where there's no talking on the dance floor, which is simply so we can drop into these deeper states of consciousness. We literally become like acupuncture needles on the planet and we are becoming what we understand as transceivers to receive and transmit light and then bring that into the equation of doing this in groups this is where i really started getting the understanding that this is powerful energetic medicine for the earth grid because we're sending out these vibrations of ecstasy which is essentially our birthright which is joy and creative expression and and heart connection into the collective field so there's a liberation happening individually and collectively through the practice so on another note, uh, the aesthetic dance had its roots uh, actually in a movement um, around the same time that had to do with an evolution of dance with uh, the Catholic Mass. Um, so the Cosmic Mass was uh, something that uh, was done by uh, a priest, Episcopalian priest. 
and I feel like bringing the sacred back is also important. So mm. we've done we've done dances in warehouses, we've done dances in gyms, we've done dances in yoga studios, but it's fun to do dances in churches. So we're bringing it back to churches, and we thank the Unity Church of Wimberley. We've been ho we've been uh, uh, holding some dances there uh, over the recent months, and it's been a fabulous experience to to do it actually in a church because I feel like you're you can recognize God in a, in there more easily than you can in a gym, you know. So I feel like uh, just, <laughs> it's just a, just a simple practice. Your mind's already in a higher state. We, you know, we keep the we we've also started with uh, the Shift Foundation. Just for good measure, the uh, clean speech initiative, because I think that your your body is a sacred space as well, and you want to you want to keep that you want to keep yourself in a higher dimension, so just not resonating. But but it starts treating your body like a church, uh, and then dancing, bringing that joyful energy back in, and I think that that's the component. I think we bring the knowledge of God back right back in is what we're trying to do. Mm, yes, it's 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 bringing that practice of a shift. You know, and I had an image also that y'all were doing it maybe outside on the grass at times. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yeah. That that you're actually ha having that tactual, energetic, vibrational connection with the earth as you dance. And the stars and the weather lines up. We love to dance outside. Uh, and sometimes there's been local Austin dances where they've uh, danced uh, uh, weekly and on the, on the ground deliberately for that, just to connect to Mother Earth. Hmm. It sounds wonderful. I, I, I look forward to coming out there sometime with that. Uh, uh, you know, um, Wimberley is a very interesting place uh, because it has a lot of um, energetic powers in it that are kind of quiet, but yet they're very profound. Some people say that there's an arc, which is a uh, extraterrestrial uh, center within the earth. Uh, there in the Wimberley area, a lot of UFOs been spotted and stuff. So I think it just sounds perfect for you guys. Um, well, can I can I add a little punch to that? We, yeah. we are actually on the 29.55 degrees north latitude, the same degrees of the Pyramid of Giza. So that even makes it more interesting. And we were wow. called here by the divine nature of a pyramid to be on that exact location that was built by a mystery. So yeah, it gets even more interesting. It, we're we're on a, we're on a, a divide between two aquifer zones here too. So there is wow. geomagnetic force happening here. There's something happening consciousness in the planet in the Wimberley area. We also have Jacob's Well. If you want to get back to biblical on this, so we feel like there's something spiritual and divine happening here. We're we're, we're all gathering together to with uh, David Ellen Baker, who also involved in the ecstatic dance movement, of course, uh, to keep uh, Jacob's Well alive. So I feel like we're living mm. in biblical times. Literally, <laughs> yeah, or, or reinventing them uh, yes. with that. Uh, we're, we're finding that connection again. I think one of your one of the things in your website was just expressing that the return of Jesus was just a return in, of it being expressed through the individual. Yeah, uh, are, we, are we still connecting? Yeah, so. It's the Christic consciousness. So we just did a, a part of our school right now. Uh, our first course is about the the uh, raising of Christ consciousness within, or the Christic force. So Jesus was the man, but Christ is the force, and they come together, and, and Jesus Christ. So uh, that energy, that Christic energy, is something that that anyone should, should can tap into and should attempt. And the Bible is a path to doing that. 
it is a way to raise your own kundalini energy it is a raise a way to understand and the the path of the stars it, it is a correct path of knowledge if on, on multiple levels i I used to be, I mean, I, I was a cynic. I, I actually called myself an atheist. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I, I, want to, I want to stop you right there and go back to a question. You said the Bible is the path to the stars. Can you yeah. just explain that a little bit? That's, that's too, increase, too juicy to let that pass by. Well, okay, I'll let you stop with that one. So the, something that we talk about a lot is the Bible is an astrological treatise um, from, from cover to cover. Every story relates a, a parallel of the higher dimensions of the planets. And it does so with the ages. It does so with the archetypes. It does so with the signs. Everything is embedded in this, is encoded in this. It's not just a, it's also a numerical code. It's fascinating to understand the Torah this way. But it is also a path mm. to understanding higher consciousness. It is, it is, a, a, it is, if you understand the Vedic concepts of the, of the uh, Kali Yugas, that we entered a deep, dense time about 4,000 years ago. We're now is the fall of Egypt, the fall of Babylon. All if you know your history, you got to know your history to understand yes. cycles. Oh, yes, oh, yes. So, as those civilizations fell, that information was preserved and transferred. And now, it, and it tells of the awakening of a higher consciousness as we pass out of the density of those two ages from Pisces. Now, the awakening occurs in the time of Aquarius, and that first big pulse is now with Pluto and Aquarius in as we enter the time of Aquarius. And it explains all of this in the Bible if you know how to read it and understand it the way the, the, the three wise men did to follow Christ. You have to understand you, all these concepts. So when you say the Bible, are you talking about the Old Testament or what? Which cover get a, to cover. Get, cover to cover. Okay. Every version. There's no, so if you want to get a hint of this, we just recently did a fun movie using uh, um, all old clips from MGM, Paramount, even some recent uh, storytelling of the Bible, Noah, and so forth, and how, the, how each of the astrological ages is, is easily uh, shown, and how uh, the, the background story is the, uh, the concept of the uh, astrological procession of the equinoxes. Wow. Uh, so you can easily see this that Jesus represent is represented at the time of the year the at two th you know zero uh, degrees Aries. So uh, okay. Yeah. So that, the calendar year is zero. Um, that becomes the age of Pisces, and that's where the symbolism transfers to the fish. But before that, the dominant sign was that of the ram. It was the Aries. This was what's the Hebrew uh, culture it established that with uh, Moses that the blowing of the ram's horn was the entrance into the age of Aries before and and at the same moment was the destruction of the age of Taurus symbolically revealed as the as the calf the of the golden calf is destroyed so that 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 wow. is a symbolic transference of one age into the next it goes back seven ages so that's just it's just a, a touch a little bit of a, a, a touching on the on the surface of what's going on on the bible every story tells something about the path of the stars and how to un understand your own consciousness um, it's it's a beautiful divine thing. The Torah is is not something old and dead. It is a living divine force. You just have to know how to read it, and then those mm. who have ears to hear will hear. Wow! And you can so you can do, 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 do you do Okay, you can find it. In, and I, the next question is: You teach Indian. things like this at the um, Total Eclipse of the Heart Symposium and Revival. That, uh, sorry, say more, you want me to say more about the event? 
well, no, I'm just the question. You're going to be covered, uh, dwelling into that type of topic at the revival and symposium. Oh, well, well, um, we may talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're pretty fired up about it these days, but uh, but really, you'll find more of it on astrom.org. Uh, we have okay. a, a mini course put together. You can with free mini course. Oh, just, good, uh, just good. Problem. We have a little problem on Safari. Just get on on Chrome. It should fix. Uh, but, okay. Uh, you get a free mini course. Just let us know if you're interested. We'll, we're going to do a release on Easter of the Jesus uh, Christ Consciousness movie. Uh, but right now, I'll give it away to anyone uh, for pre-release uh, rough cut. And, so. and that would be the Astrom A S T R A M Academy dot org. Uh, in no, case. No, no Academy. Just Astrom. Astrom dot org. <laughs> okay. Great deal. Yeah. Uh, so we're coming to an end, um, and um, I just wanted to say one thing, and then I'm going to do closing statements, and then I usually ask and uh, end the show with each of you giving us one minute of what you would like to tell the audience of a message uh, about the age of Aquarius or what. We, we've covered so many topics that you're going to have a lot of problems trying to figure out what you want to say, but I'll leave that to y'all. Um, so um, we've had Shannon Gill and Russ Bunn Olhausen on today uh, with all of this stuff about the wonderful age of Aquarius and so much more. It really gives me a lot of optimism as astrology usually does guide us and that we're ending a 4,000 year period of density and starting the entry of, of a lighter age, almost like we're coming out of the womb, so to speak. Uh, wonderful thought. I, that's my thought. And I'd also like to tell everybody that you are on Becoming Quantum Conscious at United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, Louisiana at 107. Point seven and 105.3. I am Bart Sharp uh, with Becoming Quantum Conscious. And next week will be Valentine's Day. And I'm going to be doing the show solo and doing it on the theme of the polarity of the seven deadly sins and the seven qualities of divine feminine that's holding inside of herself. I just said to say the feminine, the power of the feminine. I don't know if it's called divine. I, I kind of are hedging away from that word. It just kind of spurted out. So there's a great duality between those two. And we're going to be doing energetic clearings and explaining this uh, concept that has come to me within in the last month. It's promise it will be fun and entertaining. And um, with that said, uh, what would you like to share, Shannon and Russ, uh, to the audience as a final message? I think I'd like to invite everybody to come to Texas for our big eclipse event and be a part of making history. It is going to be four days of an opportunity to really activate whatever it is in your own in your own DNA, in your own life, and be part of creating this cauldron of an alchemical experience of joy and peace and connection, cohesion, inspiration. We're going to have lots of dance. We're going to have lots of high vibrational speakers and ceremony. And really, I feel like 
the theme for this time, as Russell likes to say, punch it, is is to be in action. <laughs> we understand okay. that we're at the gates here. And so we're inviting everybody to be to activate and to be a part of this this major shift in consciousness. I think that's a wonderful thing. And I don't want to just say you can contact with shannongill.com to find out this information or Russ Vaughn Olhouse, and they all have it on their many websites, so it's easy to find. And, and you can wear a toga, too, if you want. It is a symposium. <laughs> uh, we, we are encouraging everyone to take it serious on the day of, be, sac- of being a sacred space, no matter where you are, yeah, at least in your heart and your mind. Yes. Any final words, Russ? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I do feel like we are living uh, in, in uh, interesting times to go with the old Chinese proverb, and it, it is a blessing and it is a curse. So uh, we can look around and see how many people are, are feeling both, but, but also being hexed by the curse. But we know that, that this, this, this surge of energy, this, this force that we're connected to, that it was in, that is divine, that is sacred, that we can capture that within. We have to practice. We have to treat our body like a temple. We have to go back and revive the old sacred ways. And so this is what we are, we are doing both on a daily practice. Uh, we are practicing what we preach. We're, we're going to lead up to this event as well. Uh, we're teaching it at our school. It, really what we're doing is trying to reconnect ourselves by an understanding of the path of the stars, the understanding of our faiths, whatever it is, science, we will even, we'll even take atheists. We'll try to convert you to whatever it is. You know, what we want to bring you to a path of the seeing the light and the divine. So uh, that's a message that I'd like to leave with everyone today. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, Shannon Gill, Russ von Olhausen. And um, we'll see y'all next week on Becoming Quantum Conscious. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate it.